they have a, a game in their honor. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, I'm going to cry. Stop! Why do I want to cry? <laughs> I know. It's because these people went through so much. Yeah, like, oh, my God, I'm crying. You don't plan to be in a... Welcome to the 36th episode of Be There with Jay's Good Podcast. <laughs> a place where you can sit back, relax, and hear two best friends ramble. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Juana. And I just almost said I'm Juana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Juana too. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I wanted to be like, I'm Juana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, guys, today's a spooky episode. No, not really spooky. I mean, spook, edu spooky, no. <laughs> what? Just was educational, but spooky. Yeah. Edu spooky, no. So dumb when you say it. Because oh, now I hear it in my that's head. What, that's what I laughed at when you said it. <laughs> yeah. In my head, I was just like processing it. And now I hear it. So, so dumb. Edu spooky, no. It sounds dumb when you say it. <laughs> Because you're telling us a story and hopefully I don't know it. Oh, dang. You're handing it over. Thank you. Yeah, here you go. Uh, take the I floor th- away. Take it oh away. God, <laughs> I was going to say that, but I was going to say take the floor. <laughs> <laughs> take, take the floor away. <laughs> I will. And I'm not bringing it back. Oh, no. What's happening? <laughs> My brain cells are going. It's oh. getting colder in this room. <laughs> <laughs> you were able to make that joke though means it's getting hotter in the room (laughs) (laughs) you guys let us know if you can catch up to what's going on because we can is your is your iq lower than room temperature i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i'll take that back i'll take it back you guys are all very intelligent human beings okay so i think you do know this story jen because last two years a year ago it was during, I don't know. I think I told it to you, like, super rushed. Um. Alright, so this week's episode, we're going to be talking about, well, I'm going to be talking about, and then I think Jennifer, if we have time, she's going to talk about one too. Yeah, if we have time, there's a special story at the end, too. We probably won't get to it, but you can tune in another episode for my story. Right. Um. It is the story that, well, it's not a story, it's like the facts, the, the crime that inspired the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, mm-hmm. It is the story of Ed Gein, um, one of my favorites. Okay, this sounds weird, but it's one of the like true crimes that I find very interesting. It's 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 mm-hmm. wild. So not the fact that it's my favorite because people died. It's more because it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys don't know already, I love true crime, and here we go. I like false crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it when it's false. Um, okay, also, these facts I got from Wikipedia. If you guys like true crime, please go to Wikipedia. It's pretty lit. Wikipedia does have... Don't use it for your research papers, but it has pretty good information on, like, crimes and stuff like that. Alrighty. Also, bear with me. I'm not an expert at telling these stories. Anyways, Ed Gein. Ed Gein was born in La Crosse County... Wisconsin, on August 27, 1906. He had one older brother named Henry George Gein. Um, They both lived with their parents um, throughout their childhood. His mom, so Ed Gein's mom, hated his dad because he was an alcoholic and he wasn't able to keep a steady job. Like, he was always, like, job hunting. And then Mm -hmm. he did the whole, he did the whole working as a carpenter and, like, a tanner and just, you know, all that stuff 
Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys don't know what a tanner is, it's someone that treats the like animal skins and like animal hide to make like mm-hmm. leather. And then after his um <clears throat> after his father sold a grocery store he owned in La Crosse County, um his family, so Ed Gein and his family moved to an isolated 155 acre farm. Oh my god. In Plainfield, Wisconsin. Yeah, no, right. 155 acres. I was like, dang god. Mm-hmm. Um Wait, we something about- where did he get this money if not from his dad? I, um, also, I don't know, dude. It was like 1905 in Wisconsin. So I feel like oh, it was like true. yeah. A little more on Edgine's mom. She was super religious. Like this woman was religious. Mm-hmm. Not first of all, but like, you know, I think it's just like the max, you know, it's like But like it was like to the max, to the max. She took advantage of this isolated home situation, and mm-hmm. she, cause she made sure that her kids were like completely isolated from the outside. Oh my goodness. Um. Yep. So she preached to them about how, um, just the innate immortality of the world. So like how everyone was like, you know, gonna die. Everything is evil. The evil mm-hmm. of drinking and the belief that all women, except herself, though, you know, because she's super religious. Um, all women um, were naturally promiscuous, and they were instruments of the devil. Um, question. Yes. Did they not have any sisters? No, it was just them both. Oh, it was okay. just two boys. Um, um, yeah, so they were instruments of the devil. She reserved time every afternoon um, to read them from the Bible, usually... She selected verses of the Old Testament concerning mm-hmm. death, murder, and then, like, divine retribution. Um, she was strict on keeping her um, her children from the outside, like I said. So whenever Ed would make any friends, um, she would beat him and punish him <gasps> for having friends. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So she would, like... So it was Ed and her brother, but, like, and his brother. But, yeah, if mm-hmm. they spoke to anyone, like, had friends outside their house... She was punished. Wait, how them. did they come in contact? Was it like they went to school, school? or something? Yeah. Hmm. Um, okay. So then Ed and his brother were allowed to leave their home to go to school. Like, uh-huh. hmm. And then when they were both not in school, they were at home doing chores. At school, his classmates and teachers remember him being as a little bit odd. I mean, honestly, though, who wouldn't be odd if your mom's just like this super... Mm-hmm. You're isolated? Yeah. And recall him frequently laughing, like just randomly... Um and then as like it told to his uh, to his classmates and teachers it felt as though he were laughing at an inside joke of -hmm. some sort and then which is weird since he didn't have any friends at school because his mom didn't let him Mm -hmm. okay on April first nineteen forty Ed was thirty three years old. Edgine's father died from from heart failure at the age of 66 due to his alcoholism. Wait, he and was 33? Edgine was 33, yes. Okay. And then his dad was 66. And then four years later, um, on May 16th, 1944, Henry and Henry, his brother and him, were um, burning away some marsh um, on the property. The fire got out of control, drawing the attention of the local fire department. And then by the end of the day, the fire have had been extinguished and the firefighters gone. Um, Ed reported that his brothers had gone missing. Mm-hmm. But he hadn't. No. So, yeah. So, hold on. And then with lanterns and, like, flashing lights and stuff, a whole search party started happening for Henry, his brother. And then they found his dead body lying down, lying face down. And then apparently he had been dead for some time and it appeared that the cause of death was heart failure since he had not been burned or injured otherwise. <sighs> and then it was later reported um, by a person, like by a biographer, that Henry had bruised on his, that Henry had bruises on his head. And the, <gasps> po- the police, um, though, diminished the possibility of foul play and the county coroner later officially listed um, asphyxiation as the cause of death. But this, the whole bruising on his head kind of instilled people to think that Ed had killed his brother and mm-hmm. then had, like, planted the whole thing where it was, like, they were burning marsh together, um, but they weren't really. He was, like, getting rid of the body, and then he got the whole thing happen just to, like, 
hide mm-hmm. the evidence. But since it got out of control, he wasn't able to burn the body and blah, blah, blah. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so at this point, um, let me see. So at this point, Ed is 37 years old and it's now just him and his mom. Mm-hmm. So people, you know, like I told you, people speculate that there's a big possibility that Ed Gein um, killed his own brother because of like the rocky relationship he had with his brother because um, his mom had a preference over his brother over Ed. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then also Henry would always talk bad about his mother in front of Ed because of her like constant abuse and neglect. So like Ed, I mean, Henry had really like been outspoken about how his their mom was just super toxic and was like mm-hmm. just the super. But like, the mom still preferred him. Yeah. Mm. And then also Ed had a very unhealthy attachment to his mother, so he was just, you know. And then so hearing these things from his brother would often upset him and people would like, you know, mm-hmm. witness this. And then Gene and his mother weren't, so now they were not alone. Her name was Augusta. Oops, I forgot to put that in the beginning. So yeah, Augusta is her name. She had been, she had a paralyzing stroke shortly after Henry's death and Gene devoted himself to taking care of her. And then sometimes in 1940, sometime, sorry, sometime in 1945, Gain later recounted that he and his mother visited a man named Smith who lived nearby to purchase straw. According to Gain, Augusta witnessed Smith beating a dog. A woman mm-hmm. inside the Smith home came outside and yelled for him to stop, but Smith beat the dog to death. Augusta was extremely upset by the scene, however, what bothered her did not appear to be how like the, how brutally um, the guy killed the dog, mm-hmm. but rather the presence of the woman. So, like, she was still, oh. even after her stroke and stuff, she was still, like, embedding in, on Ed, a 30, like a 30-something-year-old, that, like, women are bad. Mm-hmm. Agosa told... Like, That's okay, but the women are bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the dog being beat to mm-hmm. death is fine, yeah. Augusta told Ed that the woman was not married to Smith, so she had no business being there. Um, yeah. And then so she had a second stroke soon after, and her health deteriorated rapidly. She died on December 29th, 1945, at the age of 67. And then mm-hmm. Ed, of course, was devastated by her death um, because he had lost his only friend and, like, his one true love, people say. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was absolutely alone in the world after that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Was he still 33 during this whole time? He was... Through what time? Through the time that he saw the, the dog? His mom die and his brother die. And his dad no. die. So, he was 33 when his dad died. He was 37 when his when his brother died. And then oh. he was... Still 37 when his mom died, right? No, his mom died in 1935. So yeah, he could have been 30, 30, yeah, 37 still. 37, 38. Um, okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, this is going to be straight from Wikipedia. Um, also, um, oh, this is just wild. Okay, okay. So, on the morning of 1957... Of November 16, 1957. So let's do the math real quick. He was 37 at... He was 37 in 19... In 45. 45, we said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 45. So he was what? In 1957? He was like 40-something? 45 something. 67. 40... Oh, wait. 22 more years? No. Yeah. I did the math wrong. No, hold on. He was 69. 1957. Oh my god, really? Yeah, that's so old. Because mm. what, 37? Yeah, 67 makes 22 plus 37. No, hold on, 1959. Yeah, he was, it was 1957. Yeah, so it was like in his 50, like late 50s. 59. He was almost mm-hmm. 60. Yeah. On the morning of November 16th, 1957, um, in plain, a plain field... Hardware store owner Bernice Warden disappeared. A Plainfield resident reported that the hardware store truck had been driven out from the rear of the building at around 9.30 a.m. 
the hardware store saw a few customers that the on the entire day, and then some residents believe this was because of the deer hunting season. So like people were out mm-hmm. instead of in the in the store. Mm-hmm. And then Bernice Warden's son, um, he was a deputy sheriff. His name was Frank Warden. He entered the store around 5 p.m. to find that the store's cash register had been open and there were bloodstains <laughs> on the floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Frank Warden told investigators that Ed Gein had been in the store the evening before his mother's disappearance and that he would return the next morning for a gallon of antifreeze. So he went in the night before. I remember this from the other story, from the other oh. way that it was written. He went in the night before asking for antifreeze. No tenían. They didn't have any. And so he was going to be back um, for a gallon of antifreeze. And then now this is what we're at, where we're at. Mm-hmm. And then a cell slip for a gallon of antifreeze was the last res- receipt written by Warden on the morning she disappeared. And then on the evening of that same day, Gain was arrested at West Plainfield at a West Plainfield grocery store. And the Washara County Sheriff's Department searched for sh- searched the game farm. This is where it gets bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, it it gets really graphic too, you guys. So if you guys don't want to hear about it, you know, might want to skip through. Okay, but anyways, um, the deputy sheriff discovered Warden's decapitated body. In a shed on uh, Gein's property, it was her, her body was hung upside down by her legs, with a crossbow with a crossbar at her ankles and rope <gasps> on her wrists. Mm-hmm. The torso had been dressed out like a deer. It, do you do you know what that means? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So she had like been cut open, mm-hmm. and then she had been shot with a twenty two with a point twenty two caliber rifle rifle, and the mutilations were made after but the but it was reported that the mutilations were made after her death so first she was killed and then yeah so first she was killed playing around after that yeah yeah this is the part that get that's kind of just wild to me where it's like after they were searching um the house you know because now obviously he they found her body and then Mm -hmm. she they they now know that he's guilty they have to go investigate some more they were there were whole human f- bone fragments, um, a wastebasket of human skin, made out of human skin. Um, yep, there were human skin covered chairs, skulls on his bedposts. There were female um, skulls. Um, the tops were sewn off, so like kind of like bowls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just dude. It was just so much. So this is the one time he got caught, one time they find a missing person. So before yep. that, he was just going like. So yeah, so he had to have gotten these, you know, by killing people and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there were, oh my gosh. Okay, this is this is a very um, graphic part. Um, there were nine vulvae on, in a shoebox and then four noses. And then people, there was, there was, um yeah, there were lips. He used lips, like female, like. Not lips down there, but like your actual lips, mm-hmm. um, as the drawstrings for like your blinds. You know, how <gasps> the, at the end, yeah. You know how at the end they have little like you know little balls mm-hmm. to like pull the strings. Instead of those, he tied human mouths to it. I guess female it would be squishy. Mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, this was like people the, the the deputies you know they also were like oh my gosh that means he went out and like he had murder sprees mm-hmm. but then Gein told investigators that between 1947 and 1952 he had made as many as 40 nocturnal visits to three local graveyards to exhume recently buried bodies <gasps> so he hadn't oh he hadn't killed them yeah he was he was just going out and pulling out um dead bodies dead bodies mm-hmm. and he was like when he did that, he was almost in like a daze like state. He doesn't he didn't do it like well in his account. It wasn't like he was doing it on purpose. It was kind of like he was doing that out of just like like a sleepwalking type state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then 
On about 30 of those visits, he said that he came out of the days while in the cemetery, left the grave in good order, and returned home empty-handed. So, like, whenever he did come out of that state, he wasn't mm -hmm. trying to do it. And then on other occasions, he dug up the graves of recently buried middle-aged women he thought resembled his mom. And then he <laughs> took the bodies home where he tanned their skin and made um, just artwork and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, and that's why he opened up this lady because he's like, oh, there's insides. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, um, I don't know if I'm going to find it later on, but I do know this out of, like, memory. He would take the skins of the, of the women, and he would make them, like, live flesh suits, mm -hmm. and he would get in them to, um... Yeah, that's what I remember from the movie. This is, like, the biggest thing about the movie, how he would have that whole, like, the, the skin. The face. The face, mm -hmm. yeah. He would get into these, uh, suits because it would feel like it was in the embrace of his mom. Like, he was just messed up in the head. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. so he would get in them and he would feel like his mom was the one, like, that was there with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. He's right I kept thinking, like, he would cut these ladies and there was no, like, blood, like, everywhere. Like, he wouldn't clean them so yeah. nicely, but I'm guessing yeah. it's, like, that work mm -hmm. was already done for him. Also, if he kept to himself, people don't really have, like, a reason to just, you know, be investigating. But it's right here. So after his mom's mother's death, Gain began to create a woman's suit so that he could become his mother to literally crawl into her skin. Gain denied having sexual intercourse with any of the bodies he exhumed, explaining that they smell too bad. And then mm. during... Mm, yeah. And then he admitted to shooting um, to death Mary Hogan, which is a lady. Which... Oh, sorry, sorry. That's another lady. He killed this lady, Mary Hogan, um, who was a tavern owner owner, um, who had been missing since 1954, whose head was found in his house. Mm -hmm. When did he start it all? Because in my head, it's like, did he keep his mom? Did he use his mom for anything? Um, I don't think so. I think he did bury his mom. No, wait, no. Mm, I, he did not use his mom for anything. Just give me a second. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, this is another thing that was kind of wild. Um, was that so ed he did have friends like in his uh, later stages in his life you know mm -hmm. um he was friends with some neighbors that were close to his um to his to his house and so this is where this story comes in from it says a, a 16 year old um whose parents were friends with it was a girl whose parents were friends mm -hmm. of Ga of Gein and who attended ball games and movies with him, reported that Gein kept shrunken heads in his house, which Gein had described were relics from the Philippines sent by his cousin who had served on the islands during World War II. Upon the investigation by police, these were determined to be human facial skins and that were carefully peeled off of corpses um, and Gein used as masks. And the reason that they found out, like the parents knew about these relics, were because Gain convinced them to let the 16-year-old go to his house. Um, mm -hmm. He didn't do anything, but she was the one who went back to her parents and was like, yeah, he has, like, skulls, like, everywhere and stuff like that. So she saw this. So wait, so this is when he was still a kid, though? No, no, no. No, no. This was when he was, he was older. He was already, like, oh. a 30-something-year-old, 40-something-year-old. Oh, year old. he was older? He brought a 16-year-old? He 16 brought a 16-year-old, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, oh, my mm -hmm, goodness. And he had to convince the parents, and the parents still were convinced? Yeah, they were like, yeah, they're just relics from my cousin in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yep, 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 yep. Give me a second. Anyways, so, yeah, there was just a whole bunch of stuff that this man did um so his mom i think his mom was buried like he did like it was a whole thing but mm -hmm. in the house um i do remember this hap this being said was that he like decorated the entire house except his mother's room like where his mother would stay like that was completely so blacked off yeah that was like no one would go in there like he would just he kept it as it was because that's how his mother mm -hmm. had it and that was like the most attachment he had with his mom like actually okay so that's the, on the trial on the on november 21st 1957 
he was um, arranged and on a court of first-degree murder in the Washara County Court, where he pleaded not guilty um, by result of insanity. And then Game was diagnosed with schizophrenia and found mentally incompetent, thus unfit for trial. He was sent to uh, Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, which is now known, known as Dodge Correctional Institution. It is a maximum security facility in Wisconsin, in Wapen, Wapen, Wisconsin, and um, later was transferred to Medota State Hospital in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, in 1968, doctors determined Gain was mentally able to confer with counsel and participate in his defense, and the trial began on November 7, 1968, and lasted one week. A psychiatrist tested, testified that Gain had told him that he did not know whether the killing of Bernice Warden was intentional or accidental. Gain had told him that while he examined a gun um, in warden store the gun went off willing no sorry the gun went off killing warden gain testified that after trying to load a bullet into the rifle it discharged he said that he had not aimed the rifle at warden and did not remember anything else that happened that morning mm -hmm. at the request of the defense gain's trial was held without a jury and they in game was found guilty and then a second trial dealt with gain sanity. After a testimony by doctors, um, they said that uh, they ruled that gain not guilty by result of insanity, and ordered him to be committed to again the the center the central state hospital for the criminally insane. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he was only being charged for the person he killed. Like technically, was it still legal the bodies he stole? I don't think that was legal, but yeah, he was just being charged with um, first degree murder. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's um, crazy. Yep. Uh, due to the pro um, due to the prohibitive costs, Gain was tried for only one murder that was of Mrs. Warden, and he also admitted to killing Mary Hogan. Okay, on to because like it, it does not end here. <laughs> on mm -hmm. to the like his property, his farm. They had. Oh, do I should I read all of this? Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, mm -hmm. his house was at the like at the end of it all. It was one hundred ninety five acres. The property was appraised to be four thousand seven hundred, which is equivalent to today's money of forty two thousand um, dollars. And then his possessions were scheduled to be auctioned on March thirtieth, nineteen fifty eight. Um, mm -hmm. so all of the stuff, like all of the exhumed bodies, the the skull bowls, like all of this stuff. They were going to be auctioned, which is oh my freaking wild. Isn't that illegal too? Because that's the bodies of some family. That's members. what I'm like, saying. But like, I have no clue. The '90s were the like 1900s. What the heck? Anyways, um, amidst the rumors that the uh, that the house and the land it stood on might become a tourist attraction because they were gonna keep it as like a tourist attraction. Mm -hmm. Um, on the early morning of March 20th, the house was destroyed by a fire. Mm -hmm. A deputy fire marshal reported that a gar garbage fire had been set 75 feet away from the house by a cleaning crew who were given the task of disposing um, of refuse further. And then that hot coals were recovered from the spot of the bonfire and the fire from the bonfire's location did not travel along the ground to the house arson was suspected but the cause mm -hmm. of the fire was never officially determined so on this this whole thing it is said that the community like they found that they weren't gonna do it like they were going to let that house stay and like mm -hmm. basically make money off of it so they the it's presumed that the community no, this members is not what we wanted to be known for yep this presumed that the community members went and set that house on fire and to just like get rid mm -hmm. of it oh my god do they have, like, a record of how he reacted? Because his mom's ha room is, like... Oh, I have... Honestly, I have no clue. Don't think so. I feel like that would have destroyed him to another That level. would... I mean, this man was already destroyed. Like, he was just messed up in the head. Um, But, yeah, that would have really messed him up. Because, like, his mom 
Like, that was the only thing that... Mm-hmm. 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 Why do I feel bad for him? I guess because his mom <laughs> was the one who, like, messed him up. Um... Yeah, he had odd jobs and stuff growing up, and he was just always kept to himself. So, yeah, people, a lot of people that know this story, también, they are also like, oh, but Edgin, like, he was just messed up in the head. Like, that doesn't take away the fact that he murdered two women, and who knows what else he did, you know? Because at the same time... In my head, it's like, if he wouldn't have killed her, like, the gun would have set off, he would have gotten away with it, right? Like, yeah. He had no intention of killing anyone. That's what he says, yeah. But he did it. He just kept picking graves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because he was exhuming bodies, <clears throat> which is honestly not good. Like, don't. That's not right. That's. Mm-hmm. I wonder if um, if he wouldn't have been caught with killing the woman, would he have killed again? Maybe. Because he had already murdered somebody else. Remember that, you know? Like, he, oh, remember he had... But it, there was a time period where he didn't right, murder right, the right, right? Right, But still, like... And if assuming this one was accidental? Mm, still, though. The fact that he... Yeah, that's what I said it in quotation no, no, marks. Oh, yeah. I know you can't yeah. see it, but I like... She said, quote, unquote. I put quotation marks. Yeah, because the thing about this is that he went into, like, a, like a sleep... Just a daze. a daze, right? Like he says, so who knows what he does and what else he doesn't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, because he does not remember skinning her. He doesn't. Re- I mean, um, what if? Yeah. Whenever he's dazing off, it's his mother's spirit in him, being like, "I hate women." Bro, that lady was wild. The fact that she saw a dog, be like, killed, you know, bludgeoned to death, mm-hmm. and then she's like, "Nah, don't care." That lady should go back and sit the house. Though. Like that's that's mm-hmm. wild. The fact that people like that can have kids though, like, Wicked. blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And then it says that so his death he died um in Medonta Mentally Health Institute due to respiratory failure um because of secondary lung cancer on July 26, 1984 at the age of 77. Um and then yeah. over the years souvenir seekers chipped pieces from his gravestone at the at the Plainfield Cemetery until the stone itself was stolen in 2000. Um, it was recovered in June 2001 near Seattle and was re- and was placed in storage at the Washara County Sheriff's Department. The gravesite itself is now unmarked, but not unknown. Um, Gain is in Gain is interred between his oh well he was buried between his parents and brother in the cemetery, and his in his gravestone it just it's just honestly just with the stone, it just says Ed, Ed mm-hmm. Gein, 1906 to 1984. Yep, and then that's the thing that it's it's wild. That is crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His story. That's what inspired the movie. Yeah, his story has um affected American pop culture, um, with the novel of Psycho, um, films like Deranged, um, Silence of the Lambs, Leatherface, which is te- the che- the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, yep, this man. So that's one of the stories that gets my gears turning. When I heard, when I first heard this story, <clears throat> I was driving from my, um, my host parents' house to, to my house. And mm-hmm. I was like, I could not believe my ears. I was like, what in the <laughs> freaking world? I cannot believe that just, I mean, first of all, in the podcast that I listen to, people are, are capable of so many things. Like, that's just wild. You mm-hmm. you can't even think about it. And like, but the fact that this, excuse me, the fact that this is true and just, it blows my mind. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-mm. Wild. We have time for your story though, right? No, we don't. No, how long is your story? It, it's okay. I can say. Yay! It. I'll say it. Okay, I want to know your story. I'll say it. Okay, guys. So mine isn't a murder story. Oh, thank goodness. Mine is a a survivor story. Yeah. So I'm gonna be covering the flight, um, five seventy one. This happened in oh, I actually don't know what year. I think it was like in the seventies. Yeah, nineteen seventy two. 1972? Okay. okay. 
So it all starts with this um, rugby team from a Catholic high school in Uruguay. The whole team and their family and like, you know, like their whole like, their yeah, just family that were gonna they were gonna travel to Chile, Chile mm-hmm. for a game. Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, instead of all of us getting a com- going in commercial flight, let's um rent a charter plane because that way it would be cheaper because we can divide the cost and then we all just get to go in a private jet mm-hmm. basically. So they're like, okay, they pitch in, they go on their way to Chile. So the plane is not like a fancy jet. It's like a tiny plane. It's a tiny mm-hmm. plane. Like it's not meant to be like crazy. Um, so in total, there was 45 people traveling on the way to Chile. They have to pass by the Andes mountains. So they already knew there's going to be incredible amount of turbulence because they're going to have to be flying so high. There can only be a certain amount of planes flying over the Andes at a certain time because since all of the planes have to go really, really high, there isn't much room for planes to fly. Mm-hmm. So they have to like limit who's flying. So everything's going oh, okay. to be like, tracked. So um, the, the pilot is like tracking it, right? And he's like, yeah, we're making it through. And he had planned the whole route to be, let's go through the smallest mountains. That way we don't have to go so high. Mm-hmm. Especially since we have a smaller plane that can't handle it that well. Yeah. We'll be good. But in normal conditions, he would have done it. But there was a storm. Oh. Spoiler alert, he didn't do it to him. Oh, um, no. So um, he was going through the things and it's like everything was going great. And then he contacted like uh, the Chile airport and was like, hey, made it through. Gonna start descending now. Mm-hmm. So he starts like slowly descending. And then he realizes, oh, no, I didn't make it through. And he's heading right straight into a mountain. <gasps> So he tries to pull the mount, like the the plane to go vertically yeah. up. You can't do that with a plane. Right. So he um he ends up crashing into the side of a mountain. In that instant, twelve people died. <gasps> oh my gosh! So there's only thirty three people alive at that moment. So that moment, um, it's like. So a lot of these people wrote books, so you can like. Oh. They told what they saw in oh, there. Okay. Um, so they said that they were, keep in mind, all of these people are like their team members, their family members. So they said that they would be sitting and then they would look to the right and their friend had a pull right through them. Oh my gosh. And then you just heard people like screaming like, help me, help me. I'm blind. I can't see. I'm oh blind. I can't gosh. see. Mm-hmm. Um, they crashed. Right. And then other people, um, didn't die from that. They were, they were like suffering from, um, what's it called? Like height sickness it's just like the elevation mm-hmm. was so high that like the air is so thin mm-hmm. um they were eleven thousand feet up oh, in the wow. air um in perspective if you're from the houston area the williams tower is 901 feet tall mm-hmm. so like 11 williams yeah. towers tall in the rest of the world's term the the burj khalifa is 2700 feet so like a couple burj khalifas right. fit in there Jeez. Okay, so in this, after that, um, immediately they're like, oh no, there's a hole in the plane. We're super cold. We can't breathe. Mm-hmm. They start to grab all their suitcases and start piling them up where there's the gap. Mm-hmm. And they start building a wall and then packing it with snow to like cover the holes. Mm-hmm. And then they start skinning the airplane seats mm-hmm. to like make blankets and sleeping bags. Oh my gosh, that's smart. And they tear up, they have like a, they had like a little fridge. Because mm-hmm. they like airplanes have like little, little kitchens. They had a little fridge. They tear the fridge apart and get the insulation from the fridge mm-hmm. and start making like sleeping bags with that too. Oh wow! And then they also make like harnesses for people with broken legs and everything. Um, they start like uh, creating each other like rules. They're like, "You're gonna be doing this. I'm gonna be doing that." Um, there was two like medical team students. They're like they're not medical students, but they're like, "Oh, if anyone gets injured in the game, I help them okay. out." Mm-hmm. So they knew like something. So they were in charge of like helping the people that were injured. And then some people found like pieces of aluminum and they started collecting snow and having it like melting the mm-hmm. the the snow to make water. They did have water bottles. Mm-hmm. So they used that water when they could and then they just kept refilling the bottles with the melted yeah. snow. 
Um, and then after being there for a while, they realized that after, it gets really, really cold at night. So they couldn't just go out and pee. Mm-hmm. Um, they got all their like old, like what's well, not old, their rugby balls and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they started like making holes and they would use those as bathrooms. Mm-hmm. And then they would, like, take it out, like, in the daytime oh, wow. when it was not as cold. Because their pee would literally freeze as they're yeah. peeing. Oh, wow. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, the food they had in the thing was they had eight chocolate bars, a tin of mussels, three small jars of jam, a tin of almonds, and a few dates, dried plums, and several bottles of wine. Mm-hmm. So, um, after, like, they had been setting up, like, helping everyone get as much as they can, um, six more people died from injuries. Oh, God. So there were 27 people left. So they were there for two months. hmm Two whole months, like 70-something days. That's wild. Um, so after a while, they started realizing, like, this food isn't enough for us to survive and keep surviving. Um, so they started thinking, like, it all came into their heads, like, the last resort is us like eating each other mm-hmm. um so they all made a pact that if they were to die from injuries they would like to donate their body oh, wow. and even though the people that had already died didn't say they they had like agreed to that they what they said in like one of the books was like they would hope that because they would be like if it meant i'm gonna die if i die i would hope to be able to like help you out and if it meant sacrificing our bodies i'm okay with that and they hope that they would think the same way Mm -hmm. so they had been preserving the bodies because it's like they would they were hoping they would be rescued and have those bodies buried Mm -hmm. versus it's no it's not that hard to like preserve the bodies so they kept the bodies and then they all like cut like a little sliver of meat for each other and they were given like each other like just do it whenever you feel like you're ready mm-hmm. like don't rush it you're on your own timeline mm-hmm. like whenever you feel like you can you can so they all like tried it at different points in when they were there mm-hmm. um i did read about one person that decided not to eat mm-hmm. it and he ended up dying later. Like, he was, like, the one person that did not try it. Oh, wow. And he ended up dying of starvation. Oh, wow. Like, mm-hmm. Um, so they made the pact. And then they kept, like, surviving, right? Like, they were, like, okay, you're going to do this. You're going to... They kept, like... They created a system mm-hmm. of how they were going to continue surviving. Mm-hmm. Um, but then an avalanche hit. <gasps> no! And it was, like, in the middle of the day. Which resulted in 11 more people dying. No! So there were 16 people left. Um, after, like, trying to save some bodies, um, they decided, like, we're not just gonna keep sitting here because another avalanche could just come. So three of the students, um, decided that they were gonna head out and try and find anyone. Like, they were just gonna go out and try and find anything. Mm -hmm. So they start, like, going a little bit and they're seeing that it's, like, incredibly dangerous. Like, it's, like, so bad. So the youngest one of them heads back and tells them, hey, I came back. Because it would be better for just to be two people. And then they have more food for the way. Yeah. Um, so they start walking, right? And then they get... They run across these two people. And they're just, like, traveling. They're, like, hiking. <gasps> and But the problem is that there is a giant river in between them. Oh, my gosh. So they're, but like, they find somebody. Them, like, hey, we need help. We need help. And then they can't hear them. They're, like, we can't hear. So the people signal to them, we're going to go sleep. And we're going to come back with resources. And then you can tell us what's going on. Oh. So. The the kids head back. And then they're like. Okay guys. So we ca- we came across these people. We're going to head back tomorrow. So they start going back to the next day. Yeah. And they almost died on their way there. <gasps> but then they get there. Uh-huh. And then the, the people are across the river again. And they have like pieces of paper and pens. So they like. Write something on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Like, attach it to a rock and throw it across the mm-hmm. river. So then they grab it, and then they write, we are from the flight 571 that went missing. So then they're like, oh, my God. They immediately call the police. Oh, wow. And um, um, how do you call it? Uh, the helicopter. Like, the helicopter comes that day and ends up taking. So there's the two boys, 
and then at the camp there's at the the camp the the side the airplane there's still 14 people yeah. so the plane get the helicopter gets there takes seven people and then they have to stop because the weather's too bad. oh my gosh and then they come back the next day and save the rest of them oh my god but no other people died mm-hmm. afterwards oh my gosh no no uh, well actually that's not true um so after a while like once they like were rescued some of them died because they ate human like your body isn't meant to do oh. that so it, like it got infected and stuff um i think it was like three of them that ended up dying from complications jesus christ um um so once they got back it was like immediately the family was like oh my god like how did you survive like they didn't they didn't plan on being rescued that day so they didn't plan like oh what i'm gonna say right. like so they like admitted to like being like yeah we 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 ate our our best friends like we mm-hmm. ate them and then the family's like super understanding they're like oh my god it's okay like we understand mm-hmm. like you're okay mm-hmm. and and um but then it starts like coming out to the media like like the rescue teams have given up because whenever they were re- looking for mm-hmm. them they look for them after the Andes Mountains because the pilot had said we cleared it, so they oh, didn't even bother looking. Oh right, the Andes and Mountains. then it and then they crashed. They were like, yeah, they were like, we're not gonna look over there because one, it's super expensive to go into snowy terrain, mm-hmm. so we'll just look where they said where they lost contact. Mm-hmm. Like they are not from here, so they were like they were been gone for two months, so everyone kind of assumed like it, they ate themselves, right. so. Everyone, the public was like hating on them, being like, "How could you? Like, it's no. so wrong." And keep in mind, all these people are Catholic. Oh, like, it's yeah, a big no. I know, no-no. I know, but um, but their church backed them up. They were like, "Oh, the church backed them up." We can't shame them. <gasps> they were like, "We can't shame them." It's the same way where Jesus was like, "Here, I give you my body." Their friends gave their bodies oh, to him. Oh wow. And after that moment, people were seeing them differently. Like, you know what? You guys did something incredible. Like, you guys were just doing anything you could to survive. Right. Like, your friends are heroes, the people that right. died. Um, so now, every day on the year that they get rescued, they have a, a game in their honor. A rugby game. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, I'm going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, ha- mm-hmm. they have a rugby game to commemorate them. Mm-hmm. Oh. Why do I want to cry? I know. Because these people went through so much. Yeah, like, oh my god, I'm crying. Whenever, look, whenever... <laughs> Jennifer told me this briefly, right? Because we were, like, just talking. You don't plan to be in a plane crash. You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm. That's not planned. So the fact that these kids went through something so traumatic for two months, and, you know, like, and, and sitting there and having to, like, even think about you know, having to, like, consume your friends. That's completely just unthinkable, you know? And the fact that you come back and then everybody, your your own people are being like, no, that's bad. And then just, you know, you think that these kids don't already feel bad, you know? Like, and then yeah. that's so traumatic. I'm glad that the church backed them up. You know, you don't want to sit here and yeah. be like, you know, you should eat. Like, that's not what we're saying. It, But it's like, you don't plan for that stuff. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. There were uh, heroes. Oh my god, my heart. Yeah, a lot of them were advised to write books, and then a lot. Of, <laughs> the thing I thought funny was like, "Yeah, write books, make money. You're so traumatized. Like, make books out <laughs> yeah. of it." And then, um, um, what someone like pointed out was that it was really nice how it sucks that they went through this, but at least they went through it together because whenever they like like sought out for help, yeah. There was someone who they can they relate, relate to. to, right? That was like, yeah, it wasn't just like, but, uh, yeah. When it first started coming out, it was like the media was like bashing on them, like cannibals, this and this and that. But apparently, I didn't know that they are technically not cannibals. Um, technically, to be considered a cannibal, you have to kill purposefully, the body with the purpose right? Of wanting to eat, right? It. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought too. So technically, there's another name for it, and I kept looking up, like I kept googling, like what is the name for this and this and yeah. that. Whenever they're like. They they want to, but all like that kept coming up was people debating what at what extent it is cannibalism. Oh, because it's like so if you eat your placenta, is that cannibalism? It's like if you oh, like interesting. I've never your even... lip and you get dry skin. <gasps> is that cannibalism? 
if you pick your nose and you get boogers, is that cannibalism? Oh my gosh. I never even thought about that. No, that's yeah, right. neither. No. If you eat your placenta, that's you're eating human. But it's I don't know. I don't know what that I don't even know what that begins. It's not cannibalism because it's another name for it. Oh, the, the but, name um, that you don't know. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, there's multiple types. Yeah, there's multiple types of like human consumption. Yeah. Because the one they they're considered is you ate it as a last minute resort in like a dying a life or death something. situation. Yeah. Yeah, life and death situation. Yeah. Like, so Oh man, man, that really that that thing about them having the rugby game really really gets to me. Mm-hmm. That's It's like they they have they have a happy ending. Yeah, you know, like you can't really do much for them. Oh. Ay, pobrecito. No, uh, it's just wow. That's that was that was that was one Jennifer. You did it to him. Mm-hmm. Damn. Mm-mm. You know what? You know what's crazy? I don't really cry during stuff like that, but survivor stories get me, man. They get mm-hmm. me cuz like I you just you don't know. Like if you're told if somebody says you're in a deserted island, this and that, you you don't know what you're going to do. You can say you all the things you're going to but you have no clue. You know? Mm-mm. And the fact that these kids were able to find a way, like the whole like a loop like skinning the the plane and all that stuff. That's so smart. Mm-hmm. Like tearing up the fridge, I would have I would have never, never thought about that. that. The whole aluminum with the melting mm-hmm. water, never would have thought about that ever. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's well. Yeah. I hope you that guys I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um if you would like to hear more of these stories, you know, let us know if you like them. Um this was kind of a, mm-hmm. a little selfish story time since like we listen to stuff like that um mm-hmm. so yeah let us know um if it was if we caught you off guard at some point with the whole details really sorry um but yeah all right that's it for this week make sure to tune in every wednesday to be there